a global co-working and conference community, we've had our fingers on the pulse of co-working since 2012, and we've connected thousands of operators, both in person and online. On the Juicy Podcast, we talk with the people making it happen day in and day out. Let's get to it. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another Juicy Podcast. We are super excited to have the CEO of Office R&D, Miro Mirsloff. Did I say it right? Yes. Okay. You. Yay. By the way, all I just learned, that means son of Miro. And how are you? I am very good, actually. Super excited uh, for uh, yeah being here. It's been a while since we last talked. I know. I know. But how is life? I don't know if everybody listening knows. But Miro recently had a baby. Yeah, life is uh, different. So I can say probably uh, we have got a new startup uh, and it's uh, it's super exciting. Uh, I can really compare it to yeah having a baby to starting a company. Uh, mm-hmm. It's making your life miserable on a daily <laughs> basis. I can tell, but uh, there is something so much bigger to it uh, than just your uh, your day-to-day, mm-hmm. uh, let's say, happiness delivered by just doing basic things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, w- w- when I look back at, uh, at the business, uh, it has all the same qualities. So your day-to-day life is so much more difficult uh, and everything actually is, is just worst from a personal perspective, but at the same time, it feels so awesome. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, totally uh, amazing stuff. <laughs> well, and I'm super impressed and congratulations by your latest funding round. I'm amazed that like towards the end of the process, you know, you were out pitching this whole time. I mean, that had to be just absolutely crazy. So like kudos to you. It's it's a hard, hard job. Thanks, Lisa. Yeah, it's uh, so easy, but it's been our uh, fourth or fifth uh, fundraise. So at some point you kind of get used to it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know the deal, and uh, uh, I can share some numbers. So I actually pitched 140, 150 VCs mm-hmm. around the world. Uh, so it's been a really interesting uh, process, I can say. Uh, but also, it's it's great. These guys are super smart. They share um, a lot of feedback. They they ask uh, amazing questions. So you learn. Uh, mm-hmm. in- so I, I actually started to enjoy it at some point. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I think if you have the right attitude towards it and learning is a great one, then yeah, you can learn a lot. And, you know, what are your plans for this big raise? Uh, yeah, well, it's, uh, uh, I can say more of the same, but of course, I mean, it's uh, it's really to try and help the flex workspace industry more and more and better and, and try to really take it to a next stage in terms of quality of operations and uh, and, and everything related to the technologies take to power the flexible workspace industry. And now with the pandemic, actually, uh, the hybrid working industry, because things started to really overlap. Uh, and that is obviously co-working spaces, which is our uh, bread and butter and core, and, and, and core market. Uh, but the thing that originally started as corporate co-working then transition or translate into hybrid way of working, it's, it's gaining momentum. Uh, and we are seeing at some point, we uh, we actually released a, a new product, which sits on the same platform uh, that's targeting corporate customers. 
mm-hmm. uh, that want to work in a super flexible way of working. So we expanded our our product portfolio, but it's more more or less the same direction. So we just want to make flexible working as easy as possible for everyone involved, those that are supplying and operating workspaces and those that are consuming the workspaces. Okay. We want to, to optimize these process, make them seamless and make them really awesome. And that's where we want to spend our money, basically, to, that yeah. we raised. Uh, to invest more on the product, invest more on on customer success, and and raising the awareness. Also, you've seen we try to really provide thought leadership and 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 invest in marketing so that it's yeah raising the awareness of the flex industry as a whole and and habit working and flexible working and all that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting. It sounds like I mean, have you basically built an aggregator? So like kind of similar to like a desk pass or a liquid space where people utilize the platform to find space to work in? No, not not at all. Uh, that's uh, we 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 love the, the, everything that these guys are doing uh, and we'd rather partner with them. Our solution for hybrid is, is really the actual HQ big office space management. Mm, okay, uh, got so, it. The, the desk hoteling and, and mm-hmm. team scheduling within the HQ and uh, the workplace analytics. So really understanding when people are coming to the offices, how are they coming mm-hmm. uh, and how they build the scheduling uh, overall. So if you're a team and you want to work five, uh, three days a week uh, in the office, so which days you actually go? Do you go the whole team? Do you want to force your people to go mm-hmm. if you're a manager of a team uh, to come say Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. So everything, everything related to the actual uh, workplace uh, management. So, and that 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 really is stepping on 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 the booking experience and all that. So, no, we don't want to build the aggregator, uh, mm-hmm. and and it's it's really just a space management. And we'd love to actually connect the dots at some point and. And, and partner as much as we possibly can with the liquid space and the desk passes of the world to to allow also our corporate customers use flex spaces from a bigger network, not just at the office and the co-working customers. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of the growth coming from corporations, but, but corporations are still trying to figure out how to do this thing. And so it's it's going to be super interesting to watch. And then I um, spent part of my morning reading the Flex Index, which <laughs> is a report that you guys just came out with. And I'm super curious, like, do, is that you guys utilizing the data that you get from having all these folks on office R&D and then you analyze that data to come out with this report? Yes. Yeah, so our uh, we, we at some point we decided that we want to build a data team. So hmm. uh, we, we set up a data team internally. So we hired two people and they started coming with, uh, with awesome ideas of how we can help our customers more mm-hmm. uh, using actually uh, the data that they are uh, somewhat collecting uh, under need by just using the platform so in a fully anonymized way fully fully secured so there is no personal or whatsoever data they basically managed to to find patterns of how the whole flex space industry reacted or was 
forced by the circumstances of COVID. So we started observing things like how the occupancy is trending and changing, um, the revenue per workstation, how it's trending and changing throughout uh, COVID, what the, the bookings, bookings of spaces, so which probably was the most uh, badly affected part of, of the flexible workspace industry throughout COVID. Yeah, and so our data team uh, built that report, and I think it actually came real awesome. Uh, when I read it, I was like, well, this is, uh, that's good. Uh, and I think that can be super helpful for for Flexspace operators or those that want to open more uh, more spaces uh, to double check the health of the entire industry uh, globally. Yeah, so Mira, what are, what are some of the things that you guys learned and what are some of the things that operators should be paying attention to in this report that should inform maybe even how they design their spaces or how they reconfigure their spaces? Like, is there more demand for desks or for offices? How are meetings doing? If you can give us kind of like a high level, that would be awesome if you got it. Yeah, no, totally. So what we've seen is that um, certainly uh, the what we call static uh, occupancy uh, was the least sensitive component uh, across uh, the globe. And we attribute that mostly to uh, to private offices. So uh, there was fluctuation, there was a, a small dip uh, in, in, in the, the average desk occupancy uh, across the globe, but not as bad as, for example, bookings. So basically private office occupancy uh, which con- con- contributes to a high degree in the total desk occupancy because most of our customers have the bigger part of their total space actually in private offices. These were pretty stable. So throughout the whole COVID, the occupancy of, the, of private offices uh, was pretty stable mm-hmm. and less fluctuating. And that kind of makes sense. So at the end of the day, uh, businesses didn't necessarily uh, left their private offices because even uh, in, in in the COVID circumstances, there are still people that want to use the office. So you cannot just abandon your office right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, things that are more dynamic, like booking of spaces, whether that's uh, desks or, or, or meeting spaces, these were badly uh, hit. So throughout the lockdowns, especially bookings of spaces went down more than 80%, uh, which is, of course, no surprise. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you keep your office, but you if you're not going uh, to the office at all, you obviously don't book uh, meeting rooms. And if you don't meet people, you don't book also paid meeting rooms. So mm-hmm. what of the revenue of of the flex spaces declined uh, because of these additional revenue streams, um, which is uh, unfortunate. However, what we're seeing is this is recovering pretty well, uh, despite all the new variants and all the, you know, uh, <laughs> the <laughs> resistance of COVID uh, going away. Uh, it's uh, uh, it's uh, the recovery is still it's it's really happening. So. It's not super fast. It's not like an, an exponential growth or whatsoever. But it, it is happening, and we anticipate we we firmly 
uh, believe that by Q1 uh, we've reached the levels of, 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 of the benchmark as we set it up uh, the whole uh, 2019. Um, another trend that we saw uh, in, in the report is uh, the, the, the revenue per available workstation, which is, um, which is very important because at the end of the day, we can fill up a building uh, to 100% occupancy relatively easy by dumping the price, uh, which obviously it's, mm-hmm. it's bad. So uh, these two come together real nice. So it's important uh, when you when you uh, when you observe the occupancy to also pay attention to at what price uh, you are selling uh, the desks. Uh, so that metric was hit uh, more heavily uh, throughout COVID. So uh, occupancy kind of uh, dropped, but it stayed relatively. Uh, flattish, so not as bad as as other things. But uh, the the revenue per available workstation uh, went down a little bit more. Positive news is that it's also recovering very well. <laughs> so <laughs> we are seeing uh, some very positive recovery, uh, and we also believe this component specifically uh, will get to uh, to the benchmark in Q1. Uh, so mm, we we firmly believe this will uh, this will catch up very soon to the levels pre-COVID. In fact, it can it can even go higher because there is also inflation at the moment and all of that. So uh, that will uh, eventually affect uh, and, and, and prices should go up. Uh, our, our firm belief is that uh, prices of space uh, inevitably uh, will go up because everything goes up. So um, yeah, distributes whatever. So this will affect the revenue per uh, available workstation. Yeah, you know, I'm in Austin, Texas, and I can tell you here the spaces are jam packed. Packed. All the offices are rented. The open co working's busy. You can't get a phone booth. The meeting rooms are booked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it, that's that. That's something we probably uh, want to do in the future uh, in the report. So uh, the. The current report uh, looks at the whole world, which is very Mm. interesting, but also could be a little bit misleading because COVID especially is making the whole world so different. Mm -hmm. And and you mentioned, you know, Texas booming, but there's so many places still uh, that are fully locked down or or struggling. Really difficult, like Australia is, despite they don't have that many cases. The strict rules are completely, yeah, just making the life of the, the flex workspaces real difficult. Oh my gosh. There's yeah. other places that are so uh, different. So that, that also results in, yeah, I mean, the, the, the index uh, being a global uh, index. Yeah, I would love to see it break up, broken out by region. And, and I'm sure people have detected a slight accent from you. Can you let our listeners know where <laughs> you reside? <laughs> Totally. Yeah, I'm, I'm not British, not American for sure. <laughs> uh, my uh, English is uh, is not native. So I'm, I'm originally from Bulgaria, yeah, Bulgaria, and uh, but the company is uh, we are a uh, very global, very diverse uh, company, which is uh, something I personally love. So we have an office in Atlanta, Georgia, and London, uh, Bulgaria, and Australia. Uh, in Melbourne, uh, growing a nice team there, uh, and nice. super excited about the whole uh, APAC region. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you're all, I love your story. I love that like you just saw a need and you built the software for it and that you're doing so great. 
Office R&D Flex is the platform to help you manage the co-working and flex space of the future. Currently, over 2,000 spaces worldwide rely on Office R&D Flex daily to keep track of their memberships, manage meeting rooms, automating billing and payments, make data-driven decisions, and much more. Go to officerd.com to learn more about Office R&D Flex and the future of work. And I love also, you know, your continued focus on community. And I'm a little curious. It seems like, you know, Office R&D has really taken on flexible workspace as a term they're utilizing. But I also hear you mention co-working. What do you see as the difference between co-working and flexible workspace? Or are they the same? <laughs> oh, that's such a difficult question. And I, 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 will, I would love the time when we all agree that... Uh, uh, on on the terminology, so I personally think that co-working is the right term that should stick around, and we should use it for everything flex workspaces. But that's probably unlikely uh, to happen. I think so. When I say flex spaces, at least internally, we think about everything from co-working spaces to the more traditional service offices, executive suites, campuses, and and everything that works in a flexible way, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. and 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 has has the full flexibility uh, for the customers and offers the community element, uh, the hospitality element to a certain degree. Obviously, service offices. In the, that more traditional way, not so much and and as 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 co-working, uh, but I think they are also adapting and they they have to. And co-working is also adapting and and taking more and more from the service office industry, especially around private offices, financial and business planning, and making it at the end of the day more profitable business, <laughs> having the mm-hmm. uh, than than just. Uh, focusing entirely on community but at the end of the day uh, we need to pay the bills and 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 uh, and make it a, a, a good viable business absolutely absolutely so for me, I think both terms will will stick around co-working is is awesome and and, and it should stay and and and, and I hope uh, it gains more traction in the future as a, as, a, as a term. Well, I think what's interesting is if you look at the Google trends around it, the term co-working is much stronger. Flexible workspace barely even shows up. And so there's great momentum behind the term. And I think that I think it will continue. And I think that people will self-select into the right terminology. To me, flexible workspace is just the real estate industry's way of describing this thing they don't understand. And <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but hey, let's be flexible. <laughs> it's a new concept to them. But, you know, co-working to me is people that believe in community and believe that we do better as human beings when we can work in a shared space. Very simply. And so I'm not worried about the term co-working. I'm just always curious. So what else should we be looking forward to from Office R&D this year? I super love, I saw a demo yesterday, actually, and I really love the um, layout you guys are doing. That's awesome. Just curious if there's anything you want to tease us about that's coming in the next year from Office R&D besides getting the report into segments. Yeah, I'm particularly super excited to while we're on the data piece to make the data really helpful in making business decisions 
And even on the community side, like connecting all the pieces and, and, and making sure that you fully can understand uh, the data about your community, how it interacts, how it grows, how it develops, and, and what using that data to, to make informed decisions uh, mm-hmm. and improve your business. Uh, mm-hmm. I think this is something specifically where we can uh, and want to uh, to go, uh, including insights, benchmarks, uh, yes. and, and that can be helpful so that you fully understand if you're at 80% occupancy, are we doing okay? Are we doing good? Are we doing great? Are we beating, mm-hmm. beating the market or we maybe fall behind because our community is, is disengaged or, or, or something else? Um, you know what would be really, really cool? And I realize I'm probably going to traumatize you and your developers right now. But <laughs> what would be really cool is <laughs> if there was like some sensor integration where we could tell like how many people were in a meeting and then be able to tell like what the temperature of the room was and you know, be able to change the floor plan. So if somebody, you know, this always happens in co-working. I'm not sure if you know this or not, but people rent like a three-person office. And then next thing you know, it's a five-person office and it's a six-person office. Like it would be really cool if that map was more dynamic. And even if you could see as people were coming and going, you know, like real time, is there a person in this desk or not? It would be so cool. And I've heard since there's have gotten incredibly cheap. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> different ways. I mean, honestly, this is something I, I also would love to see. And also, I would love to see co-working spaces advising their customers what they should do with their workplace strategy based on real data. Mm-hmm. So even, for example, we are uh, currently in a co-working space in Sofia, 100 people in a office for 60 or something. I would love to actually, the co-working provider to advise me what space we need based on how we use the space. Mm-hmm. And also make more revenue from their workspace because actually the model of of, of them giving me more space because maybe we don't use as many desks as we are paying for on a daily basis may actually result in more revenue for them because mm-hmm. if you're a hundred-person company, maybe we don't need a hundred desks, maybe we need fifty, but they still can charge us for fifty desks and fifty additional memberships for everyone else, which is like a business type membership. Mm-hmm. Just just the administration, the community and all that. And I'm happy to pay that. But at the end, I'll actually pay less. But the space itself, I will be able to to sell this uh, 100 office space mm-hmm. in two companies mm-hmm. and actually increase the revenue by 30% or whatever. So I want the data to really instruct this, the space make more revenue. Uh, the customers are happier because they actually pay less in total, but actually more for the small space. And and everyone's happier. I think I think that really can happen. And it's mm-hmm. it involves a lot of a lot of sensor information, a lot of data, uh, yeah. and it's some insights, maybe some some AI uh, that instructs you know what it's so funny because when you were saying that I was like this is an AI play is immediately what came into my head. It's like yeah it's like load it up with data and let it tell you what you need to do. Yeah, even even at some point, I mean, I know that that sounds scary, but maybe why not? Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe if 
if there is enough data for where people uh, live, the, the the software can give you hints on maybe we don't have to be owning this office uh, here because people actually, uh, it's not convenient for them and they have to commute too much. So maybe we need once more office on that location and... Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, you need to do this at a city level too. You need to be able to yeah. go to a company and load it in and be like, here's where my people live and here's the space that would be most optimal for them based off their preferences and their utilization. Yep. Love it. Love it. <laughs> yeah, well, we could talk forever <laughs> yeah, about... can save the environment because people will commute less, which... Exactly. Uh, we yeah, we've got the sustainability. Enough. We'll make the city more walkable. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, in Europe, I think uh, that's something uh, you guys have to seriously think about in the States. <laughs> oh, believe me, we all want it. Yeah. But it's, it's you know, we were built on cars. And yeah. sadly, it's a, especially in Texas, it's really hard to go backwards. But it's forwards, you know. I mean, I would love... In fact, I, I remember one time talking to the producer of South by Southwest and we were dreaming about just shutting down downtown Austin mm-hmm. for South by and just making the whole grid only walkable. Mm-hmm. I was like, that would be so cool. Like just, just barricade it off. And like the only thing allowed inside are like electric scooters and emergency vehicles. Like it would be so cool. Yeah. I've seen it personally in Sofia and another city in, in Bulgaria that they did that. And the change was Amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. it's so much change. Everything that it's it's phenomenal. Like all the all the shops and actually even co-working spaces and so many amazing places popped up and and the whole atmosphere changed. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. Yeah, uh, yeah. Cars yeah. make cities ugly and and, and noisy and totally, totally. <laughs> yeah. I completely agree. Tell me what you're looking forward to next year. Yeah, so I'm so much looking forward to uh, to to the end of COVID. Uh, I I'm I'm kind of personally sick of listening and reading news about it and 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 all the all the things happening with the new variants and all that. I'm so much looking forward to uh, to the end of uh, end of this pain for everyone and and, mm-hmm. and all the death toll that it it had on 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 the whole world and so many businesses being hugely affected. I think I'm hopeful next next year we'll see the end of it and we'll be able to live in a more uh, normal way. I don't want to say going back to normal because there is no going back to normal, but I am dreaming for a world uh, without COVID, honestly. That's yeah. my <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's it's uh, definitely COVID fatigue. This new variant is exhausting. It's really, quite frankly, sad to watch the continual shutdowns just rippling throughout the world. And, you know, we've lost not only a lot of humans, but a lot of businesses and a lot of entrepreneurs. But we've also gained yeah. a lot. And, you know, I think it's, um, you know, people are so hard on themselves, but you've just like lived through one of the hardest times of our lives, you know, and quite frankly, some of us thrived and some of us didn't survive. And it's sad, but 
like it's a new year. I'm really hoping for the roaring 2022s. I am already seeing it reverberate back. I am seeing incredible growth. I'm seeing incredible opportunity consolidation, investment, and companies like yours just absolutely thriving. And that just lights me up. I love it. So bravo to you. You are such an inspiration, Miro. And I love what you're doing for this community and for this industry. Thank you, Liz. And I mean, uh, kudos to you. And I'm so much looking forward to uh, to being back to on in, in-person juicy events. Yes. Just time for it. I mean, I know. I'm, Desperate. <laughs> well, we're already working on our programming and we're allotting like two hours for hugging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> for those of y'all that that terrifies, come two hours late to Juicy. It'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, my friend. It was such a pleasure to have you on and we can't wait to see what Office R&D has for us next. And you guys, if you haven't checked them out, you need to. When I operated a space, that's who I used. Ooh. Thank you, Liz. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Juicy Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and like. We'll be back soon with more Juicy Podcasts. In the meantime, be sure to sign up for our monthly newsletter on gcuc.co. Have a great day. Ciao.